It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm your host, Mike Lindsley, all a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Get us on all the social channels, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And that Twitter handle is at builtinbuffalo underscore. Let's waste no time. He needs no long introduction. He is simply the voice of the Buffalo Bills, John Murphy. We're going to talk some offseason and more. Murph, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Where were you when you heard about the Von Miller deal, and and uh, you know what, what's your immediate reaction to this? This could be this could be the game changer for the Bills. Yeah, I was home actually. Um, what was that last Wednesday? I want to say so. It was late in the afternoon, and I heard about it then. And uh, at first, I was a little well. I was stunned. I wasn't a little stunned. I was stunned um, mostly because there was no hints of this going on, mm-hmm. or. Uh, hints that the bills were even interested or in the market, but um, now after a week of reflection, it's clear it's a move that makes sense. Um, uh, the bills, as good as their defense was last year, and they were the number one defense in the league statistically, they never had a, uh, and they haven't had for a while, a dominant pass rusher. This guy has the record of being a dominant pass rusher and a sack guy, and they haven't had that for a while. Maybe even going as far back as, uh, you know, the departure of uh, Mario Williams, which is a long time ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great addition. It's sort of an outside-the-box addition. I don't think anybody expected the Bills to be in the market for pass rush help or even much help at all on the defense. <clears throat> also thinking about it, I mean, what stands out and maybe the, the caution that belongs here is that he's 33 years old. And I'm certain the Bills have looked at his last year with the Rams last year and seeing what he was able to produce, especially in the postseason, but there was an injury last year and there have been a couple of injuries. And uh, I guess that's the only, um, you know, trepidation I go into it. Like how much does this guy have left at age 33? It would appear that he's got a lot left based on this postseason performance last year, but that bears watching. I think it's a, you know, it's a go for broke move by the Bills. So along with several others they've made in the last couple of weeks here in free agency where, you know, it's uh, they're going. They want to go to the Super Bowl. They want to ensure they go to the Super Bowl, and it was uh, probably the one of the most uh, important uh, free agent signings uh, in franchise history. See how it plays out. I know that Von Miller gets probably more headlines than any other deal that they've done because the guy's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's won one uh, or won won a couple. Um, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP. He's one of the great generational pass rushers we've ever seen. He's kind of unique in the sense that he's a little bit of a hybrid too. I mean, he's been listed on rosters as a linebacker, but really he's he's an edge rusher from kind of a midpoint between the front and the linebacker. He's just, he's such a unique guy. Um, that's the splash. That's the big name. That's the big thing. I get it. That's the big money. But out of all the other moves, Murph, what, what move do you think will end up being the most uh, valuable from an underrated standpoint, you know, the non Von Miller deal that could, you know, really benefit the bills the most. That's a good question. I think Von Miller acquisition of Von Miller is, has the potential to be the most beneficial, but there are others uh, that they've made that might rival it, including, you know, the, uh, the um, signing of Daquan Jones and even adding Jordan Phillips to the middle of their defensive line, a couple of the key uh, components. Uh, the return of Shaq Lawson to the Bills, even though it's, these are not major deals, it's certainly a guy who uh, plays into uh, their defensive line rotation. And last year when they were at their best, they were rotating pretty regularly eight different defensive linemen. 
through uh, the defensive line. And uh, I think that's that's not easy to see, but it's likely to happen again. You know, when you look at Miller and Russo and Epinesa and Boogie Basham and Jack Lawson, um, that's five, and then Ed Oliver and Daquan uh, Jones and Jordan Phillips. I mean, all these guys are going to get playing time, probably 35% of the snaps each. And that's important, I think, for the success of the Buffalo defense. Um, the other big addition, which I think uh, we'll have a lot to say about how successful they are, is probably the uh, signing of O.J. Howard, uh, you know, former first-round pick who um, he just hasn't uh, produced at the first-round level in his NFL career yet. But I think in a in a backup role to Dawson Knox, O.J. Howard could be the type of guy who is a major contributor to the Buffalo offense. I think he's an important contributor. I think uh, Roger Saffold up front is an important uh, offensive line addition for the Bills. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they've been so uh, proactive in this uh, free agency period over the last week and a half or so. It's hard to identify just one because they really have, I mean, they don't act like a team that was really good last year. You know what I mean? They've done a, almost a, they'll have more new players on the roster this year than they've had since you know 2018 when they were coming off uh, their first playoff season you know that's really kind of a, almost a rebuild uh, in the middle of a very good uh, tenure for the bills it's interesting to see they, they've made so many moves that you could rattle off you know 10 of them and, and you forgot two or three because yeah. that's just how it goes um another thing that people have been saying within this free agency period is the following the buffalo bills buffalo western new york it is now a destination franchise. People want to go play there. So I ask you this. Do you think it's more of a destination to play there because they're just simply good and they're winning and they've been knocking on the door? Or is it straight up because of number 17? Yeah, I mean, the two are related, right? They're good because of number 17. Uh, and I think uh, Josh Allen has the look and the aura of a uh, future Super Bowl champion quarterback, and guys want to be around that Uh I mean, quarterbacks are the coin of the realm in the NFL. We see it this week with the quarterback moves continuing around the league. And I think um, people identify Josh Allen as a good, really good young player who has a potential to lead his team to a Super Bowl. And, and guys want to be around that. Guys want to be part of that. And I think uh, you can't separate are they good or is it Josh Allen. They're good because of Josh Allen. You know what I mean? And, and that's why uh, free agents want to play here for this team. One thing that didn't work out was the really crazy circus of J.D. McKissick. I mean, he was going to sign with the Bills, uh, and then he goes back to Washington after they finally gave him an offer, which he and his agent were waiting for in the first place. Brandon Bean has really been public about you know the fact that it was on the organization, not the, not the agent. He said that in the Pat McAfee show. Um, but they go get Duke Johnson, so... Is it a big deal that McKissick isn't coming over to the Bills? The running back room looks how now for you? With uh, How does it look with Duke now in, in the mold? Yeah, I mean, I think McKissick and Duke Johnson, maybe to a lesser extent, were complementary pieces in their running back room, right? Devin Singletary established himself late last year as the number one. I think Zach Moss still has something to be, uh, to uh, something to hear from as far as what he can add to the room. But I think Duke Johnson is a complementary piece, and in particular, a third down back. That's uh, what they saw McKissick as, and that's what uh, Duke Johnson, the role he will play. I don't think his roster spot is guaranteed, but he's got a pretty good shot of being a backup running back on a team that needs an option on third down situations, a good pass rush, a good pass receiving running back, and he could be that guy. I don't think it's a critical piece of a very explosive offense, but uh, it's important and important enough for them to 
uh, maybe get their second uh, choice at the at the position after McKissick. It's unfortunate McKissick didn't work out. I know Brandon Bean isn't happy about it and blames the uh, Washington uh, Commanders for how they executed that, but uh, they'll be all right. I don't think that's a crippling blow to settle for Duke Johnson as opposed to McKissick. John Murphy, our guest here, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills. You are listening to the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley. Um, you, you, you get to the point in the NFL where obviously it's just like any other level of football, the trenches matter so much, you know, up front, both defensively and offensively. The Bills cut Darrell Williams. They cut John Feliciano. They bring in Roger Saffold. As we record this, Ryan Bates, we don't know what's going on there. He's kind of a restricted free agent. We don't know if he's going to, you know, do the tender thing. He's shopping around. The Patriots are interested, among others. And then on the defensive side, Harrison Phillips finds his money in Minnesota. But then Brandon Bean kind of... (laughs) You know, he kind of replaces them twofold with Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and obviously you add Von Miller, you bring him back Jordan Phillips, you bring back a Shaq Lawson. Holy cow, Murph. Uh, this team up front now, despite who they lost, who they cut, they're better, aren't they? Yeah, they appear to be better. And that's a little scary because they've been good for the last couple of years. I think there's something to be said for Brandon Bean and his focus and the fact that he knows that it, it all happens up front, offensive line and defensive line. Everybody likes the, the shiny new pieces. You know, everybody needs, uh, you know, a Stefan Diggs or, or a, uh, a tight end, O.J. Howard, to get the, you know, to put up numbers and to catch touchdowns. But I think it's, it's, it's comforting to me to know that the Brandon B realizes that it's offensive line and defensive line that really do make a difference. And uh, he doesn't ignore it. In fact, uh, as you point out, on the defensive line, this – this last week or so, he's made big moves on his defensive line. And on the offensive line, with a couple of additions, uh, uh, Greg Mance yesterday and Roger Saffold last week, I think they, they still need to see what Ryan Bates' future is. I'm sure they'll be in the market for him. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be all set, both offensive and defensive lines. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the interior offensive line positions are the ones that, that get your attention, right, with uh, Saffold being an addition there. I don't know if... Uh, Cody Ford has uh, much more to offer this uh, team, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, they, they, the fact that Brandon Mean does, not only does he not ignore O line and D line, but he sort of focuses on them, I think is a really good omen for the future of the Bills. Okay. Here, here, here's a, a question that I've been really, really excited to ask you. Okay. La- last year, the expectations were through the roof because they went to the AFC Championship game. And the natural inclination for a fan base, especially one as diehard as the Bills, and the Bills Mafia is, oh, my, well, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. But we all know we have to hit the reset button. You have to start over. You have training camp. You have one game at a time mentality, all that sort of thing. Well, last year ends, they had a brilliant opportunity to host the AFC title game if they had just closed out the game at Kansas City. So they didn't make it as far as the year before, but it was still a good year, but yet disappointing on the surface because of the circumstances, and maybe the Bills would have gone, and maybe they could have won the Super Bowl. Now we fast forward to this year with the frenzy of the free agency, all the upgrades. They still haven't even drafted yet, by the way. Um, Can you say right now, no matter what, that the expectations are even greater than they were, you know, going in last year to this year. They're greater this time around because of the moves they've made. They have to be. Yeah, the expectations are, but the expectations don't pay the bills. You know what I mean? It, you've got to produce on Sundays starting in September. And as you point out, they, they still have a draft to uh, to administer, and they still need help. I think at the cornerback spot, but no question, the expectations are as high as they've ever been. But 
again, that doesn't mean anything. You know, when teams start playing, it's about who plays good on Sunday that, that makes a difference. And the expectations were really high last year. They stumbled out of the gate with the loss to Pittsburgh. They they recovered and, and made a good run, but it, it, it fell apart in 13 seconds. I mean, that's how fragile it is. In 13 seconds in Kansas City, their Super Bowl dreams uh, collapsed. So uh, the expectations are nice, and they get us through February and March and April right up until August. But uh, the expectations don't mean anything when they uh, blow the whistle and start playing games for real, and the Bills are going to have to produce this fall. So, Murph, this podcast is called Pandemonium. And, you know, there's so many names out there of shows now and everything's taken and you kind of try to think of things and maybe, you know, mix in the modern media, the traditional medium. And I said, you know what, I really want to do something for the guy who I grew up with listening to call Bill's games. It's pandemonium. You know, it's pandemonium. It's pandemonium. It's fantastic. Van Miller. Um, what, what did you learn from Van and, and what do you carry from him in, in your relationship with him? Wow, that's a... I mean, a lot, almost everything, you know, Van uh, kind of took me under his wing when I was uh, in my mid twenties and pressed into service, working with him on the bills broadcast in the mid 1980s. And uh, I guess the biggest thing I learned was uh, um, how important each game is, how important each Sunday is, you know, and um, this is an important time of year with free agency and coming up uh, at the end of next month, the draft will be important and there'll be a couple of mini camps and there'll be training camp, but nothing, nothing is more important than the game on Sunday. And uh, I sort of watched Van react to that, watched his energy level uh, at a crescendo every Sunday and realized that he's right. The game is it. The game is what matters. Free agency and the draft and uh, workouts don't really matter. It's the game and it's what happens on Sunday. And I, I credit Van for kind of showing me that. He didn't set me down and lecture me on that, but just by example, he taught me that, uh, you know, there's only at the time 16, now 17 games. Each one is very, very important and critical to a team's success, and they all matter. And you got to be plugged into the game uh, each week, regardless of what goes on before or after the game. Van Miller, he'd, he'd have a field day with Von Miller, wouldn't he? I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What you, I, I don't know what to do with that. I, I, I'm thinking of a lot about. I'm wondering how many uh, current Bills fans uh, would know what a reference to Van Miller is. You know, like yeah. uh, he's been gone so long and. And I love the guy, and he was great to me. But, uh, you know, it's sort of ancient history, I'm sure, for many Bills fans now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Final question for you, uh, Murph. Um, with the AFC the way it is, and it, it's unbelievable, the quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, on down the line, Deshaun Watson now. And then you got the AFC West with Herbert Carr, Russell Wilson, and Mahomes. Uh, you know, you're dealing now with uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um and Tannehill's solid. He's not an elite guy, but he's solid, can get you to the playoffs every year and, and win a division. Uh, is it is it harder for the Bills because of all these moves with the AFC? Devontae Adams also going to, to, to Vegas. Uh, is, is it harder for the Bills because of the moves, or do, do you kind of just sit on the other side where you're like, no, you know what? Everybody's going to make their moves no matter what. The Bills moved all their chess pieces, and if you're good enough, it doesn't matter how good everybody else is because – you know what? It's not about oh man, we got to play them now. If you're the Bill, it's those guys have to also play us. They have to play Buffalo. Yeah, you're right, and but it's more competitive. There's no question about that, and it's, uh, it's incredible. It's uh, it's really more competitive in the NFC, uh, and even last year before the addition of the quarterbacks this year, and there have been some significant ones. Uh, the AFC was loaded with good quarterbacks. I 
thought highly of Joe Burrow in each of his first two seasons in the league. I think a lot of Justin Herbert. I think he has potential. Uh, you know, I think um, if you think of it in terms of a Super Bowl chance, I look at the AFC and see the Bills' window for uh, you know getting to a Super Bowl is 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 it's open, but it's not going to stay open because teams get better, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to get better, and and um, you know Deshaun Watson should make a, a difference of some kind in, in Cleveland, you would think, and uh, of course Joe Burrow and the Bengals have have uh, already been to a Super Bowl, and so. There'll be challengers and even the Derek Cars of the world, you know, and, and Matt Ryan makes Indy a, a pretty good team, even into a better team. So uh, it's really competitive. you got to be on point. Um, it won't be easy for the Bills to to win enough to make a Super Bowl, but they're certainly, uh, uh, I think, their favorite. I know they are seeing the numbers, and I think uh, they are a team to watch for sure. They're, yeah, they'll be, they'll be respectful of the Bills, but the Bills have to make sure they stay on point because everybody else gets better. It's a never-ending cycle. You know what I just saw? Sullivan's Brewing Company. Are you still a brand ambassador for them? Sure am. I got the T-shirt on right now. Wow. Okay. All right. You want to highlight them a little bit and tell my listeners <laughs> where they can get their beer? <laughs> yeah. Sullivan's is a brewery in Ireland, in Kilkenny, Ireland. It's imported. It's it's brewed and distributed in Ireland and parts of Europe, but it's imported to the United States. It's a premium craft ale. It's really good. It's available in uh, upstate New York, in uh, Buffalo and Albany in particular, but also in between. It's available all over uh, the eastern United States. And thanks to an agreement with the Global Beer Network in Boston, it's going to be available in all 50 states very soon. It's wow. really good. There's, yeah, wow. it's, it's a good company. And it's uh, the CEO is a Buffalo guy who I've known for a couple of years. And hmm. it's a great job for me. It's a really good company. That's a great connection. And I have been to that little town in Ireland. I didn't go to that brewery. I went to the Guinness Brewery. Uh, and then I uh, hit up uh, Schmidix, but I got to tell you, I think that the Irish ale that Sullivan's makes, I, I think it's the best Irish ale I've ever had, and uh, I've had it around Central New York at multiple establishments. They have it, so uh, keep uh, keep up the great work there, as well as your duties for the play-by-play uh, uh, gig for the Buffalo Bills. Our good buddy John Murphy on Twitter at Murph underscore Bills. Uh, John, thank you so much, as always, for your time. I love our chats, and we'll talk down the line, all right? My pleasure. Thanks, man. Murph is always fantastic, and I wanted to kind of close the show here just breaking down a couple of different things. Um, I had posed the question to John, you know, hey, the the, the non-Von Miller deal, wh- which one is, is not as big of a splash but will end up being the one of most value, the one that's underrated in terms of getting ROI back, right? And I actually think... It's going to be on the defensive line. I mean, I think one of the guys, there were two guys I was really hoping that the Bills would bring back in 2022. One was Harrison Phillips on the defensive side and Isaiah McKenzie on the offensive side slash special teams. They did bring back McKenzie. They didn't bring back Phillips because his his market, his number was too big uh, with Minnesota. I mean, he got an unbelievable deal. However, Brandon Bean goes and, and just... I mean, instantly replaces him, not one-fold, but two-fold. I mean, they bring in Tim Settle, and they bring in Daquan Jones. And both of these guys are just, I think, going to be spectacular players for the Buffalo Bills. If anything, you might have gotten more athletic. You might have gotten more versatile. You know, and there are a lot of guys, I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of guys around the NFL, you know, front office people and all, all the rest, that feel like the Bills 
really, really upgraded on the D-line with these two players. Now, again, you're bringing in Shaq Lawson, you're bringing in Jordan Phillips, obviously Von Miller, but, you know, there's an edge-rushing component to this team that was missing, but also you got to keep that beef up front, man. You've got to keep those big, framed, athletic, agile, uh, talented, versatile guys. You've got to keep those guys up there to allow other players to go nuts. Remember, Von Miller, he's talked about it a million ways this Sunday. Being on the same defense as Aaron Donald was a complete game changer. He had a really good defense in Denver, but he was the guy. He was the star. He had to battle through tons of double teams. With the LA Rams, Von Miller, when he was there, he was freed up a lot, which is hard to say because it's how do you free up Von Miller? The guy's going to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Well, because Aaron Donald is there. You know, this this, this monster, you know, three technique uh, defensive tackle who can push the pocket uh, when you throw, can push the pocket when you when when you when you when you run, um, and just frees up so many things for uh, edge guys uh, to get to the quarterback. And one of those guys, of course, would be Von Miller. Um, and so the Bills, you lose Phillips, but you kind of you know replace him twofold, and then you allow um, guys like Miller and others to uh, Russo, Basham as they develop Epinesa. Uh, these guys to just completely and utterly bull rush from the ends. And oh, by the way, you know, adding Shaq Lawson, uh, Jordan Phillips, uh, you know, to the interior, uh, and Shaq can, you know, rush from the outside. You're going to rotate a lot of pieces in. This should be a fresh, well-played defense. It should be schematically sound. It should be mechanically sound. Um, you know, and I'm not worried about the whole, well, new players, what about the chemistry? Listen, the Bills brought the whole band back together last year, and they didn't get as far as they did the year before for many reasons, but the highest one is, of course, the 13 seconds debacle and the horrible coaching, um, you know, by Buffalo. They win that game. They host Cincinnati. I'm a big believer that they win that game, and they're at the very least in the Super Bowl. I don't know if they beat the Rams, but they're at least in the Super Bowl, okay? The bottom line is that you can't guarantee anything in sports, and certainly not in the NFL. You could say, well, bringing in a lot of new faces, or you're bringing the band back together. I think the Bills have actually had a nice little middle ground with this thing. I mean, they've brought back guys, they've cut, released guys, and brought in new players, better players. Um, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. They brought in familiar players as well, including um, you know somebody by the name of Duke Johnson. Uh, J.D. McKissick is not a Buffalo Bill. We thought he was signing with the Bills. He ended up getting an offer shortly after the Bills' uh, offer, uh, which I thought it was pen to paper, basically. I was stunned at the news. Um, McKissick then gets an offer from Washington. He stays put. The Bills, you know, they bring in um, they bring in Duke Johnson. And, you know, he's a bullish 5'9", 210-pound, you know, sort of guy here. Um, a familiar name to the Bills for many, many different reasons. Um, you know, and I think with Duke, uh, the only thing that is missing from where I sit is that, you know, he, he's a, he's an all right runner. He can catch it out of the backfield on occasion, I guess, but I don't think he's anywhere near, you know, the, um, the, 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 the pass catching threat out of the backfield, um, like J.D. McKissick, you know, has been for um, for the Washington football team, now commanders. I mean, I just think, you know, this is a really a, a guy who, um, 
is going to be pretty much designed, I think, to one role, um, you know, on this football team, uh, which is going to be, you know, just spelling a little bit of relief for, you know, Zach Moss and, 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 uh, and Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary came on last year. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the hottest running backs. He was a complete difference maker for the Bills. He allowed them to run the football, allowed more play action and rollouts for Josh Allen, uh, kept the defense on its toes more than it already was, which is really saying something because this offense is incredibly high-powered. Um, you know, and, and another new face, by the way, that I wanted to talk about before I sign off here is O.J. Howard. And you heard John Murphy bring him up. O.J. Howard, I think, is going to be a tremendous, tremendous ad for this team. Again, he provides a depth piece. He provides another option. He provides a red zone target. He's also, despite the fact that he has not produced, you know, at the first round level, and Murph bringing that up was was a great was a great point. Um, you know, he still has that six six two hundred fifty pound frame. I mean, he is a big, big boy. He's a big tight end. And if there's one thing that OJ Howard has shown that he can do in his days with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? It's the touchdowns. He has 15 career touchdowns, but he's been in spots. He only had one last year, I get it. But, you know, he scored six his first year. He scored five the next. He's a red zone target. He's a guy that the defense knows can get the ball. And if he's in there, you can now go, I mean, look, you could go double tight end at the goal line. You could strong stack it. You could go, uh, when Knox is on the bench, you could play Howard and play all the receivers and play one running back. You can do all sorts of things with this roster because you have so many guys who are rotational pieces, both offense and defense, and now tight end is a part of that with Dawson Knox and now O.J. Howard. Josh Allen has so many toys in the toy chest, it isn't even funny. So um, I, I'm a fan of the Duke Johnson move. It just provides more depth. Again, he'll put Zach Moss. I don't know how... You know, again, McKissick, I think, would have been a really good addition. He was perfect for the for the offense from the standpoint that he can run it and he can catch it and he can take it to the house at any time. And prov- he would have provided just a ton of breakaway speed, much faster than, than certainly uh, Duke Johnson is um, and a better receiver. But you move on, it happened. Duke Johnson comes in now and, and you hope he can kind of push uh, the other running backs in the room with Singletary obviously being the lead dog and O.J. Howard I think it's going to be fantastic for Dawson Knox, Josh Allen, Diggs, Davis, you name it, across the board. So a really good signing there. And again, he's on the cheap. One year, $3.5 million. And that's another thing with Brandon Bean in this offseason. Brandon Bean has been really committed to the one-year deal, the two-year deals, etc. And there's a big reason for that. Because he knows the window's two, three years right now to go get that championship. And Von Miller is included in that as well. I mean, I laugh like crazy. Um, you know, when I, I read a bunch of Bill's Mafia posts, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe too many years, too much money, blah, blah. but the guarantees don't settle in until three years in. And Von Miller, you know, being in his mid to almost upper thirties at that particular point, you know, you can cut him at that point. This is the NFL. If anything, Brandon Bean has shown that the salary cap is overrated because they were up against it. They don't have any money to spend, blah, blah, blah. And the Bills have been probably the busiest team in free agency bringing new people in and getting Von Miller and restructuring salaries into signing bonuses, Micah Hyde, uh, Matt Milano, etc. Uh, cutting people, Williams, Feliciano, right? Klein, um, Cole Beasley, just cutting people across the board. I mean, they cut, you know, just by saying that, that's what, $17, $18 million that they cut? I mean, Beasley was around six. Williams was around six. 
um, you know, uh, Klein was a, couple, a few million dollars, right? Uh, Felice, Feliciano was also um, Feliciano was also probably about three, four million, right? So that's about twenty million dollars that you saved cutting those four guys. So the cap is overrated. I've said that a bunch of times. Um, you can free up money whenever you want, and the Bills will be able to free up money if they want with Von Miller. That's just how this works. So thanks so much to John Murphy, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills. Make sure you follow Built in Buffalo all over the social media platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, and of course, Instagram, and on Twitter, the handle at Built in Buffalo underscore at Built in Buffalo underscore. The platform is growing every single hour new followers, new shares. Uh, We appreciate all the support. Keep it going. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get it going there, and uh, you'll get constant Buffalo Bills uh, content. I mean, it's seven days a week of constant Bills content, you know, round the clock, every hour, and uh, just stay stay plugged in to the Built in Buffalo podcast network. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley, of this podcast, all over the major platforms where you get podcasts. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. It is the Pandemonium Podcast. We'll talk to you soon, Bills Mafia. Thanks again for listening, and you can hit me on Twitter as well, at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.